Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, what's up, Bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app. It's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern reformation. Yeah, the bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. Super excited as always to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to the bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And I love to start every show off with thanking the listeners. This is the first show of 2020. And so I'm super excited that you're tuning into the bar. You're sticking with us again. One more year, 2020. We're expecting some really big things and we're excited to see what God is going to do with uh, this show and the network and everything we got going on. And like I do every Tuesday, I bring you awesome guests. Uh, this one, uh, you guys remember, I just had Joel on the show and Joel actually uh, kind of gave me a, a, you know, like, Hey, you should, you should get this guy on the show. We interacted through Twitter and boom, bam, boom. Like in a matter of days, we got him on the show. Uh, probably one of the fastest turnarounds I've experienced with, uh, with guests and invite people. Anybody that runs a podcast know that you have to chase people and get dates and run around and but this uh this gentleman came through and uh and and definitely uh made my life easy and i really appreciate it we have on none other than my new brother kj what's up man hey man how you doing yeah where i was a marine so marines don't mess around we just kind of go straight in for the kill if you will (laughs) legit i love it already (laughs) all right man so listen i'm gonna give you the floor man introduce yourself to my listeners anything you want to share personal professional uh ministry family whatever you got the floor to do that right here okay well one um admire what you were doing first off uh had a chance to thanks to joel to connecting us and introducing us i was unaware of your podcast so i I did a quick deep dive and figure out what was going on. And man, you've got uh, quite a lineup of speakers. So I'm actually humbled to uh, be on the same podcast as uh, Mark Dever and Al Moeller and guys like that. Um, I'm sure I'm just 
touching the the ice the tip of the iceberg there because you you have a lot of good podcasts. Um, so I live in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. I'm a Chicago kid. Um, but uh, I left Chicago in the late '80s to go to college, and then I joined the Marine Corps for 20 years and ran around the globe doing that stuff for a while, and uh, got involved with a couple of organizations. Uh, one of which was the C.S. Lewis Institute while I was active duty, and I did their discipleship program, and that's when God really uh, reoriented my direction um, for career. And so uh, I left the Marine Corps after 20 years, came back to Chicago to go to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, where I studied uh, philosophy, religion, and systematic theology. And um, I was planning on trying to become an apologist, but uh, God had other plans, and the C.S. Lewis <laughs> Institute asked me to start up the Institute here in Chicago. So uh, I'm the director for the C.S. Lewis Institute, and I know when people hear C.S. Lewis, that invokes a whole lot of different imagery, uh, whether it's children's fiction and, you know, Narnia and Aslan, or, or just probably the, the apologist for the 20th century. But, um, but we're a discipleship ministry. And the idea is it was started in the 1970s by a couple of guys, and one, one was friends with Lewis. And they decided to hold C.S. Lewis up as a model of what, what a disciple of Jesus Christ might look like in the modern day, you know, sort of where Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Just kind mm-hmm. of, we just kind of updated that imagery a little bit. It's like, this is what it might look like today. A guy who was totally sold out for his faith, both professionally and personally and in every area of his life. So um, that's what I do. Uh, I work with them. I also do some work with uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. I was working and helping oversee U.S. ministries for a while. And now I'm a senior advisor with them. So I work part-time with them. And I also do a couple other things. I work, uh, or I, I serve as an advisor for a, a discipleship ministry in the Marine Corps called Tun Tavern Fellowship, which uh, kind of helped me when I was getting more serious with my walk when I was in the Marine Corps. So um, I got two grown kids. My youngest is 20. Uh, my oldest just turned 24, so I feel like an old man these days. <laughs> but um, we just we just settled back in Chicago because I was in Atlanta for the last two years uh, where I was working full time with uh, with RZIM. Um, so we're we're in the process of getting settled and being back. Oh, nice. That is really cool, man. So, uh, you know, I read the bio, so I kind of, kind of knew all of that and, um, and, and, and definitely interested, uh, love the apologetics thing, um, as well as the discipleship thing. It's, it's two things that I'm, I'm actually really passionate about. Um, so let's start with the discipleship, uh, uh, aspect of, uh, let's start with your career. Like you said, you know, um, when you when you're in the Marine Corps, that's when you actually started. Because for some reason in my mind, I think that guys in the service uh, receiving discipleship uh, could really I don't know if it's take advantage or benefit just because, you know, you're you're it's more structured, if that makes sense. Did that make sense? It does. Um, the military is filled with regular people. And so uh-huh. some guys come in wired that way and some guys don't. And it survived, <laughs> uh, you know, ad- adapt or die. I was uh-huh. probably somewhere in the middle. Um, my dad was a Marine for 20 years. So uh-huh. uh, he was, a, now he got out when I was a real young kid. So I didn't grow up a military brat, but uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, the typical story, you know, the PK, the pastor's kid who kind of runs off and does create other things. It's like the last thing I'll ever do is be a pastor. And then that kid ends up being a pastor. It was sort of the same thing. I swore I would never be, you know, go in the military. And then I ended up going to the military. So I was like the, I was like the slackers of them all. Um, <laughs> I, I was totally an intellectual uh, a slouch and didn't try at all. And, um, and then when I joined the Marine Corps, all my buds were like, dude, you're the last guy I thought that was going to the Marine Corps. 
so mm. uh, I did had I had to adapt a bit, but there was some of that already that you know I think my dad cracked into me when I was young. Got you, I got you. And so um, with with the discipleship piece in in uh, in the service, uh, you say you still do some work with that. What talk talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, so it's called the Tun Tavern Fellowship, and the Tun Tavern is the is the name of a of a literally a pub from in Philadelphia back in uh, the 1770s. The Marine mm. Corps started in 1775, and believe it or not, it started with a bunch of guys in a in a, in a pub drinking beer. So the name <laughs> nice. the name Tun Tavern evokes lore mythos, you know, in the Marine Corps, and so mm-hmm. we took that name Tun Tavern Fellowship because. Um, those of us who are already believers, we know what it is. And those who don't, like, hey, what is it you're doing? And it's mm. a nice, you know, draw. It's a nice draw, uh, and it, it it just captures the ethos of the Marine, Marines, uh, the Marine Corps. And it's a network because, you know, you're in the, you know, I wish we had one of these in different, in different vocations. But you know, it, it it's a way to identify and come together as believers because mm-hmm. let's say if you and I were both in the Marine Corps we might go to different churches, even if we're stationed together and you and I might work together for three, four years and not even know that each of us is a Christian. This is a way mm. for us to kind of gather and congregate and share that. And that was one of the eye opening things for me is, as this thing came alive and I got involved with him, like, well, that guy's a Christian. I had no idea. And then I started <laughs> turning the lens on me. I'm like, wait a minute. He's probably saying the same thing about me. Right. Uh, so it's just, a, it was a way to bring us together to build one another up and to spur one another to uh, love and good works. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, that so, is... I'm, so I, I was, uh, I was their vice president for a little while when I was active duty, but when I retired, uh, I stepped down from that role because I really felt like they should have a, an active duty guy. So gotcha. I, I, I moved into a senior advisor role. I moved off their board into senior advisor. Awesome. Okay. That's really cool, man. Really, really cool. And the, uh, you know, the, the Ravi Zachariah connect, you know, which is really cool to me because one of the guys that I, I'm a YouTuber, you know, I do read books. <laughs> my, my listeners know I, I do read books, but uh, I much rather, uh, watch it or listen to it. And so, uh, that was one of the, uh, early ministries that helped me, um, coming out of the charismatic idea and movement. Um, you know, just hearing the way he would, uh, explain stuff, you know, to the hard questions, I guess. So what, what got you connected with, with that ministry and that, and that right there? Well, see, now this is a good segue to connect apologetics and discipleship. Exactly. That's, that's, this is my, this is what I do, man. <laughs> You've done this before, haven't you? Uh, yeah, this is a few. Um, apologetics, you know, we often think of this as a, as a wonderful tool for evangelism. And I really almost don't like uh, the word evangelism by itself anymore because I kind of like apologetic evangelism because we should have some apologetic, but right. um, it's a wonderful discipleship tool. It builds, I mean, for most of us, it has made us stronger and more confident in the faith. So um, long story short, as I was trying to get, you know, early in my, uh, my marriage, I got married, had kids and realized, Oh, I got to get serious now. I gotta, I got, I can't just be this, um, this, you know, one or two day a week Christian, um, I discovered Robbie, and this is like the early 2000s, right around, it was right around 9-11, I think. Um, mm. I heard him on the radio, you know, and, and so the internet was just kind of becoming a thing. And so right. I started listening to him on the radio and then podcasts became a thing. And he was just 
critical uh, at a time where I needed to grow. And and mm-hmm. so the funny thing is, you said you like to listen and stuff. I wasn't a reader either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started writing down all these people that Robbie was name dropping because I, I don't know what it was. Must have been the Holy Spirit that I realized early on. I don't want to read Robbie. I want to read the people Robbie's read. I want to find out who helped him become the mm-hmm. you know who he is. So I started writing. Okay, C.S. Lewis. I've heard of this guy. Who's G.K. Chesterton? Who's you know on and on and on. And so I started mm-hmm. making a list and picking up books to read them. And it was like all of a sudden I liked reading. And I was I was an English major in my undergrad, which you know it's funny. I hated I loved writing, but I hated reading. And now all of a sudden, it was like there was a fire lit. So uh, over time, I just got involved. I started um, going to some of their conferences, and they had a conference in Wheaton, uh, Wheaton, Illinois, which is just outside Chicago. Every year, they did that for about ten or twelve years. And I went to like six or seven of those conferences um, because it was a trip home, you know, because I could come home to Chicago, drop my kids off with the grandparents, and my wife and I would sit there for a week and just take it all in. And it was really growth-inducing uh, and formative. And I just got to know the guys in the ministry over time. And I even eventually invited Robbie to come um, speak to a bunch of Marines in Northern Virginia when I was stationed there and got to hang out with him. And then I even got to travel with him when I was in seminary because I got to know him a little bit and just a super duper guy. Right. I'll just say this. What you see is what you get. He's I believe everybody it. asks what he's like. He is really that gracious, that kind, that awesome. He's just a, a wonderful guy. Seems like it, man. Seems like it. That is that is pretty awesome. So, you know, if you, if you, uh, got a sale, just tell them I, I would love to have them on my show. You know, that's my little, uh, <laughs> just my little plug right there. I don't know if you there do podcasts, but yeah, yeah. If you, you hook, hook me up, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll give, I'll give it my best. I'll give it my best. There you go. There you go. That's all I ask, man. All right, man. So before we go to the break, man, let's talk about the, uh, the C.S. Lewis. Uh, uh, just kind of give a look. You gave us a bird's eye. Uh, give us a little bit of a, uh, a detail on, you know, uh, program, um, your involvement. Um, and then what kind of led was the Robbie Zachariah referral, the lead to the C.S. Lewis? Was that the connection? I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, it was a little bit was. So I, I moved to Northern Virginia and, uh, I was going through withdrawal because I was getting all this great, um, training and interaction with, with, with Robbie's guys. And uh, I won't even go long story how I discovered it, but I ended up discovering the C.S. Lewis Institute and they were doing similar kinds of things. And I just fell in love with what they were doing. And then I find out that RGM and the C.S. Lewis Institute had a long history already together and worked together quite a bit. Um, Robbie has spoken with them a bunch of times as well as a lot of the other staff. So it's like, well, no wonder I'm drawn to these two mm-hmm. wonderful ministries because they share the same heart. They just have slightly different um a slightly different focus on how they, they implement their ministry. But um, I had come to a point now, you know, Robbie had been feeding me intellectually and helping me kind of catch up with a lot of the stuff I hadn't learned. And I realized and I'd never been discipled. I had really good mm. youth pastor and all of these guys in my lives. And in high school, I was like on the rails, if you will. I was straight and narrow and trying really hard in my faith. Um, but I went off to college and did the typical college thing. And I realized looking backwards now, I went off the rails because I was never discipled. I, it was almost like, I call it secondhand smoke. I was, I was mm. getting the spiritual formation through osmosis, but nobody was directly training, teaching, and equipping me. Wow. And so here I am in, in my mid thirties and God reveals this to me, you know, he's showing me all of this. I'm like, Oh, I need this. I need this. And I thought I was going to get some of that with, with some other people and it, it didn't quite work out. And then I ended up at the CFLS Institute 
And I did their one-year discipleship program because what the motto of the CSLS Institute is discipleship of heart and mind. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't, you know, there's some, some efforts focus on one and the other, and that's totally fine because we all do what we're, we're called to do and what we're good at. But the Institute is just wholehearted, authentic discipleship and building up the entire individual in Christ so they can live that out. And it involves apologetics. We did two months on apologetics. It involves spiritual formation. We did stuff on prayer and humility. It's just Bible study and theology, understanding grace and, um, and, and things like the Trinity and the Holy Spirit and what it means to make disciples and vocation. And so it's this process of building you up for a purpose and you get commissioned as a fellow at the end. So at the end, you become you're commissioned as a CS Lewis fellow and you're, you're commissioned with a purpose to go out and live out your discipleship because in the program, you build a disciple making plan and you, you go through a process of trying to evaluate God's call in your life. And for some people, it's, you're not going to change. It's like you're not you're not going to change your job or anything like that. But you'll be able to go into these these arenas you live in with more intentionality and more clarity on how to live out your discipleship. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yeah, wow. and it just it was snapping in with me as a as a guy who I felt like uh, tried hard my whole life in faith in my faith. But up until that point, faith had always been sort of an emotional state, mm-hmm. and now with the help of Robbie and um, the CS Lewis Institute, I was, I was taking ownership of my faith and seeing how to live it out. And I just, uh, that article I'd sent you, one of the questions I asked him, I was like, why did no one ever tell me that this was what the Christian life is all about? Mm-hmm, and so I mm-hmm. kind of resolved myself from that point on, no one should ever have to struggle with this. I, I need to go into this somehow. Um, I didn't know I was going to work for the Institute, but um, God knew. <laughs> so he, he, he organized <laughs> that uh, later on. I had to go and do some, some more studies and seminary training to, to get back on step. But um, yeah, that that's the gist of the incident. Everything we do is meant to build a believer up in Christ so they can live out their discipleship. Sometimes it's apologetics, sometimes it's something else, but it all is meant to build, you know, all of that's discipleship. Right. Right. No, that's, that's, that's very true, man, how it ties together. And I love the fact that you tie together because I'm thinking about, you know, in discipleship, uh, um, you know, there's, you know, sometimes you, when you're going through, uh, different stages, you know, there's questions and you have to have, you know, answers for those questions. Um, and so that, that's, that's definitely, uh, that's awesome, man. So right here, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? I'm John. And I am Joe. And we are the hosts of the Pastor Discussions podcast. And we like to call it your weekly conversation on doctrine, faith, and the Christian life. Because that's exactly what it is. And because you're listening to this commercial, you have already found some bar podcasts, and we are part of the Bar Podcast Network. And new episodes of our shows drop every Monday, so we invite you to check them out. We're just a couple of rural pastors that sit down and have discussions about different topics and work through things together. And we want you to come join us in the discussion. You can find out more by visiting pastordiscussions.com or subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes. (laughs) That's good. Um, I can, I can edit this. I can edit this. All right. We're back in here with my new friend, KJ. In here uh, at the bar, your favorite podcast. And uh, KJ, what we like to do after the break, man, is we do our bar signature questions. I know you're prepared because you listen to some shows. So we're going <laughs> to jump right into those three signature questions. The first signature question is, what kind of music do you listen to? 
Oh, man, I'm eclectic. I listen to pretty much everything except country. I'm not a country guy. It's funny, <laughs> it's funny because my dad my dad grew up on, on the old country, like Glenn Campbell and stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> I came to age in um, in the 80s. So, mm-hmm. um, man, that was the birth of hip-hop and stuff. So mm-hmm. I remember listening, and I won't even say some of what I listened to. Because some of it was a little bit on the on the bad end of the scale, a little raunchy. <laughs> You're safe. But, this, um, this is a safe place, I, man. It's a safe place. <laughs> but, well, let's just say I remember the birth of LL Cool J, Cool Mo yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember listening to those guys. But also, I mean, I'm, I'm a city kid, so I grew up with a pretty eclectic. I mean, classic rock, the blues, Chicago. I mean, this is Chicago. I love the blues. Yeah. Um, I think probably my all-time favorite, it's always a tie, depending on which day, is between either Motown or the Blues. Um, you know, depends on the mood I'm in. But I, I can like 80s stuff. I can like classical music. I could even listen to opera if it's good. So I'm I'm really all over the map. But um, some of my favorites, I love, I love me some Peter Gabriel. I love some David Bowie, um, Prince, old Michael, ja- Michael Jackson. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm all man. over the map. It's hard, hard to pin me down. I- I like it. No, I like it. That's pretty cool. All right. Next signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading? Oh, that's a good one. I'm reading a couple and I feel like in the last few years, I, uh, I fell off the reading train for a bit, but, um, a couple I'm reading right now is, you know, those, um, Oxford press, a very short introduction series. They're these real little books. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got one on the blues that my, my kids gave me for my birthday, which is really cool. Um, so I'm learning a lot about the blues and, uh, how, well, I won't even get into it. I'll, I'll bore you with details. I'm reading a book on leadership called from the inside out that a friend of mine wrote. And he's, um, it's a, a book for nonprofit leaders on how to guide for impact. So I always like to stay on top of leadership because as a, as a Marine officer, um, you know, leadership was a big deal. I'm going through a book by Joe Rigney called C.S. Lewis on the Christian life. That's a, a really, a really great book. Uh, but probably the best book that I just finished that I, I would really want to commend to your readers is a book by the guy who was my mentor in the, in the C.S. Lewis Fellows Program. He's also the um, was the president of the Institute. He's president emeritus now. His name's Tom Terrence. And it's a book called Consumed by Hate, Redeemed by Love. And it's the story of a former Klansman who was redeemed out of a life of racism and uh, anti-Semitism. And this guy went from being one of the most feared men in Alabama, sort of a hitman for the KKK to being the president of the C.S. Lewis Institute and being buddies with John Perkins. Uh, talk about a Paul like conversion. I just finished that. The book just came out like a month and a half or two months ago. And it is, it's a page turner. I tell you what, even if you're not a reader, you could read that thing in a day. It's an easy read and you'll whip right through it, but it's a powerful story of God, God redeeming someone that everybody else would have written off. Okay, man. Listen, that I like that. That is a a pretty good list. I might get you to send me those so I can put them in the show notes uh yeah, for my for absolutely. my listeners cuz uh uh my my listeners unlike myself, they love to read. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, last signature bar question is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to? And I know you listen to mine, so you don't you can leave that one out. I appreciate the <laughs> shout out, but Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I heard Joel fumble on that one. Um, well, you know, I like to listen to some Tim Keller. Obviously, I like to listen to Robbie. Um, but a couple of my favorites right now. One is um, is a non-Christian one. It's called Yes And. 
It's a podcast that comes out of the Second City. And for those who aren't familiar, Second City is the famous um, improv theater in Chicago where guys like John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Steve Carell, Tina Fey, they all came out of there. And I got really interested in this idea of improv from one of my professors at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Um, improv is a great metaphor for the Christian life because you can't memorize a, bunch, a script and then try to live that out. Every day you're faced with a lot of improv-like scenarios and you have, to, the, the, you have to cultivate godly and biblical wisdom in learning how to live that out. And so I've been listening to that because there's a lot I'm learning um, from actual the techniques of improv. Another one I really enjoy right now is one that does come out of Ravi's ministry, but it's not Ravi. And it's called Thinking Out Loud. Two of my favorite people, um, Nathan Rittenhouse and Cameron McAllister, who, I mean, I'll try to hook you up with them to get you on the podcast. These are two really bright, bright guys. And all they do is think out loud, literally, about issues of the day. And they try to think about it from a, a Christian perspective. And they're really, they're just, the waters run deep in these guys. And it's always a great discussion. So um, I, I think I'm caught up on that podcast. So it's called Thinking Out Loud. Awesome. So I'm going to suggest a podcast for you. It's part of my network. Yeah. It's called Just Thinking, Just Thinking Podcasts. Um, and it is uh, two brothers that I know dearly, Daryl and Virgil Walker, uh, Virgil Walker, Daryl Harrison. And um, they kind of like thinking out loud. They do uh, current events, uh, social justice issues from a biblical perspective. Um, really, really good podcast. I'm going to suggest that to you. Um, and, okay. and, and and you should definitely check those guys out. Uh, they're, they're part of my my team, my network. Um, just just listening to what you listen to, I think you would really enjoy those guys as well. So, man, listen, <laughs> KJ, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule to come on. And I love to give my guests a opportunity to give any words of encouragement, uh, any shout outs or whatever, you, you know, anywhere they can find, you know, you or your stuff or whatever. Uh, give you opportunity to do that right here as we close. Okay, well, since um, this isn't just a local Chicago podcast, I'll talk on um, uh, a broader scale about the Institute. Um, my first word of encouragement is um, keep at it. The, the day-to-day life can get you down and it can wear you, wear you out, but um, the beauty of God's mercies are they're renewed daily. And I love what C.S. Lewis says is that, and this is going to, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it, it, he says in effect, Relying on God has to begin all over again, as if starting from new. So even if you messed up yesterday, you get a chance to start all over today. Even if you did awesome yesterday, you still got to start today. And that is that is the Christian life. Um, that is that is the life of discipleship. So every day we want to try to pursue the mind of Christ and live that out and be his hands and feet here. So whatever it is you're called to do, you know, that I like to use a Lewisian um, sort of imagery. You know, the difference, you know, the difference between a cul-de-sac and a roundabout. All too often, sometimes we take something um, in our lives and we, we, we turn that into a cul-de-sac. There's no outlet. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm, no way mm-hmm. to, to go anywhere. with it. So basically what should be means become ends in themselves. But if we have a focus on, on proper discipleship, whatever it is we're called to do, it could be apologetics. It could be being an accountant. It could be. Uh, you're actually in ministry and pastoring. These are meant to be roundabouts. These are means of living out our discipleship. And so even if you don't feel like you're having a quote unquote big impact for the kingdom, you you probably are. 
you, or, mm. you, or at least you can if you have the right focus on living out Christ in your setting. You don't have to have a big platform or stage or a cool podcast. Um, you know, you you just have to live it out. I think one of the things I appreciate when Mark Dever challenged you, and I remember you guys going, oh, man, was are uh-huh. you more concerned about, you know, that 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 lost coworker as you are about putting out an excellent podcast? If you apply yeah, that, that to every good. area. Hey, well, yeah, well, I was listening to it. And I felt it too. Um, because it doesn't have to be a podcast. It can be whatever you're working on. But if you apply that kind of mindset to everywhere in life, man, you don't have to feel so convicted. You just channel that into the means of living out your discipleship. So that would be my one encouragement. The other one is, I mean, the C.S. Lewis Institute's like in 16 or 17 cities. You're in, um, you're in Greenville, South Carolina, right? Did I see that right? Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, listen. Appreciate you, sir. And I'm glad I was the only one that got punched when Dever said that. Uh, <laughs> for sure. But, yeah, um, no, it was, it was a great interview. Yeah. 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 It's definitely one of my, my favorites. Everybody always asks. That's definitely one of my favorites because it challenged me so much. Um, but yeah, thank you again for coming on the show. Shout out to Joe, uh, for, uh, you know, coming through and, um, and connecting with him and connecting me with other folks. That's what it's all about. I love connecting with folks and, uh, building a relationship with the body and, uh, and just letting people know about other things that are going on in the kingdom. And I, I pray that your story, uh, inspires somebody or get somebody to look up the C.S. Lewis Institute or, you know, anything like that, man. Uh, if just one person is, uh, blessed by it, then, you know, and God gets the glory, then, then I'm good, man. So definitely hats off to you and appreciate you to the listeners. Appreciate you turning in to the bar podcast, your favorite podcast every Tuesday. Make sure you check out everything on the bar podcast network. Uh, the new edition, guys with Bibles, uh, pastors discussion, just thinking. Truth and Fire, the podcast, Bars, Biblical Reform Spitters, and then my man Mario Esco. All of these wonderful podcasts are all connected to the Bar Podcast Network. And we are grateful that God is doing some great things. 2020, look out, you guys. I am, I got my laptop back. I'm back in here. I'm, I'm excited about what's coming. Um, you guys be ready and, uh, and, and we're going to see what God does for us in this upcoming year. Uh, till next time, you guys, God bless. And we, are out.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there